thank you for tuning into A Spirit-Led Life with HMI. We hope you enjoyed today's session with Pastor Dion Hockey. Hi everybody, welcome to Healing Ministries International. My name is Dion Hockey and I'm glad to share this wonderful good news of Jesus with you. I am busy teaching on the importance of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Before I get into the word, I would like to say thank you to Pastor Andre and Jenny for allowing us to spend this time with you. It truly is a privilege. Last week I was teaching on the Holy Spirit and Jesus, and I just want to recap what I said uh, last week so that we can continue with this important subject of the Holy Spirit. I was reading from Revelation chapter 1 verse 4, which is our foundation scripture, and it says, John to the seven churches which are in Asia, grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come and from the seven spirits who are before his throne. I want to emphasize the word seven spirits, so important. And then he says, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead and the ruler over the kings of the earth, to him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood and has made us kings and priests to his God and Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. What a wonderful scripture that is to know that if you and I, if we confess Jesus, if we believe that he is the son of God, if we give our hearts to Jesus, in other words, we become children of the most high God, then we get washed in the blood of Jesus and we get forgiven of our sins. And we can know that when we die, we are going to spend eternity with God in heaven. But before we spend eternity with God in heaven, we still have a whole lifetime down here on the earth. So when you and I become children of God, then God comes and He takes us and He promotes us from a sinner to a king and a priest. Think about that. Where in the world do you ever get somebody who will get a promotion from being a nobody to becoming a king and a priest? And if you don't understand the term king and priest, I would like to make it even uh, easier for you to understand that um, uh, we are called to be leaders. So the moment you become a child of God, not only are you privileged to go to heaven and spend eternity with God in heaven, but you can now also be a leader for God down here on the earth. Now, I don't know about you, but if I want to be a leader or a king and a priest, at least I want to be an effective leader. I want to be an effective king or a priest for Jesus down here on the earth. And remember, we always turn back to Jesus. He's the one that we follow. He's the one that we learn from. So in the life of Jesus, he also needed the baptism of the Holy Spirit to fulfill his destiny, to fulfill his calling. And he needed help from above. And he received that help through the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So I read all of this to you last week and I explained it to you. But I want to look at these seven spirits of God. So for you and I to become effective leaders, we need help from the Holy Spirit, right? So Jesus as well, he also received the help from God to be an effective king and priest, as, as we know. And the book of Isaiah chapter 11 says the same. It says, verse 1 and 2, Isaiah chapter 11, verse 1 and 2, There shall come forth a from the stem of Jesse and a branch shall grow out of his roots. We knowing that this refers to Jesus, right? It says the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. 
I spoke about this last week, but I want you to know that the Spirit of the Lord will rest upon him, not in him. Salvation is when the Holy Spirit comes in us. Empowerment is when the Holy Spirit comes upon us. The Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might, the Spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. These are the seven attributes or the seven helps of the Holy Spirit to enable us to be effective leaders, to be effective workers for God in His kingdom. So I want to encourage you that Jesus himself had this uh, uh, in this power of the Holy Spirit to make him effective. So what are the seven attributes of being an effective leader for Jesus, an effective leader for God's kingdom? Number one, we need to live a holy life. You can say amen. The Holy Spirit is there to enable us to live a holy life. Number two, He grants us supernatural wisdom. He helps us to lead with, with wisdom, godly wisdom. Number three, He is the spirit of understanding. A good leader needs to understand how to rule and how to reign His kingdom. Number four, He is the spirit of counsel. As leaders, you and I need to know how to counsel people, how to aid people and help them uh, in the work that we do. Do for God's kingdom. Number five, he is the spirit of might. Think about that. Jesus went about all the places uh, preaching the gospel, teaching the people, healing the sick, casting out devils. He had a supernatural power. The good news is that you and I have that same might. We have that same power. He is the spirit of knowledge. Jesus knows all things. God knows all things. The Holy Spirit knows all things. And the good news is that you and I receive the same Holy Spirit. So we receive that same knowledge as well. And then lastly, he is the fear of the Lord. Praise God. And we ended there last week speaking about the fear of the Lord. I want you to go with me to the book of Matthew chapter 3 and I want to bring something to your attention. It says in verse 13, and I would like to read this to you. Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. Now John tried to prevent him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and you are coming to me. And Jesus answered and said to him, Permit it to be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. So we understand now that Jesus had to uh, be baptized with the Holy Spirit to fulfill what the Word had spoken about him. And Jesus knew for him to be able to do the work that he was going to do, he needed help from above. So the, the, the book of Isaiah, is the word that was spoken about him that he would receive this miracle working power of the Holy Spirit. So the righteousness was fulfilled. Now it says, Now when he had been baptized, verse 16, uh, Jesus came up immediately from the water. And as he came up from the water, um, the Spirit of God descended like a dove and sat upon him. So the Holy Spirit came down upon sitting upon Jesus. So this is where Isaiah now is coming into fulfillment. And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. So you and I need to understand that the, when Jesus walked into the water, He walked in as a man. Jesus of Nazareth. But after the baptism of the Holy Spirit, he was empowered and he stepped out of the water as Jesus the Christ, the anointed one. 
Amen. He received that anointing to now go and fulfill his destiny. But I want to teach you something uh, today concerning Jesus, because I think there's a lot of people who just are running after the power of God. They just want to have the miracles and the wonders and the signs following them. But I want to show you something marvelous from the scripture about Jesus. So after Jesus now was baptized with the Holy Spirit, look at chapter 4, verse 1. You are there. Matthew chapter 4, verse 1. It says, Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Number one, Jesus, when he was water baptized, he didn't go back to Jerusalem and have this massive revival and, uh, you know, see miracle signs and wonders following him and doing all of these wonderful things. The first thing that happened to Jesus is that he was led to the wilderness. He was led to a desolate place and he was led to the wilderness by the Holy Spirit. Are you hearing this? The Holy Spirit took Jesus away and there he was tempted by the devil. Isn't that interesting that God would take Jesus away from the crowds, take Jesus away from the people and be drawn by the Holy Spirit so that he could be tested and to see that if he would be able to overcome the works of the flesh that most of us are going through. And if Jesus could now overcome temptation, then he could come back in the fullness of the power of God as God had called him. So this is very important, family. I want you to understand, uh, I, I have witnessed so many people getting saved in our meetings, the Holy Spirit coming upon them, and then they want to go out and they want to win the world. They want to cast out devils and raise the dead and do all these miracles, but yet they have not overcome the temptations in their own lives. The Bible is very clear. He says, unless a seed falls to the ground and dies, it will not produce. A seed has to die. So you and I have to learn to die to self before we can really be used power, powerfully by God. And so I've witnessed many times there's a lot of pride in people, uh, a lot of wrong motives that they have to go out and want to do things for God. The intention is good. They want to do good things, but they still haven't uh, died to self. Now, it's very clear here that we can read. There are three areas, and I don't want to really read the scriptures. There are three areas where Jesus is tempted in. And we find that Adam was tempted in the same way, but Adam could not overcome his temptation. He failed, but Jesus came and he overcame. So what are the three areas that you and I are facing? And you can go and read the rest of Matthew chapter 4 and you will see these three temptations. Number one, Jesus was tempted in the area of the lust of the eyes. Number two, he was tempted in the lust of the flesh. And number three, he was tempted in what is called the pride of life. So when Adam and Eve was in the Garden of Eden and, uh, you know, God came and said to Adam and said to Eve, listen, of all the trees, you are allowed to eat the fruit, but there is one tree you are not allowed to eat the fruit. And that was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. God said to them, don't touch that tree. 
So Satan, who is the deceiver, came and one day Eve was standing in the garden and she was observing the tree and she was admiring this tree and Satan came and he tempted her. How did he tempt her? He put a thought in her mind. He he put, you know, he just said something, whispered something in her ear. She took the thought, she entertained the thought, and then she began to do what her thought, what her thinking was telling her to do. In other words, she knew that she was not allowed to look or eat from this tree. So Satan came and said to her, doesn't that tree look good? Doesn't that fruit look wonderful? And did God really say that if you had to eat of that fruit, you would become as clever as him and you would know and understand all things? Do you see the three temptations that was there immediately? The lust of the flesh, desiring the fruit, the lust of the eyes, it was pleasant to, the, to her to behold. And then the pride of life was to say that I want the knowledge of God. I want all these things, you know, that, that, that God has. And this is how Satan will draw us and keep us away from being pure and being righteous and holy before God. So what I'm trying to say to you today is that there are so many people who are falling and and who are tempted in these three areas. So many people are lusting after the things of the world. They are desiring. They see things with their eyes. I want a bigger car. I want a better house. I want more money. And it's not, please don't misunderstand me, that it's okay to have that. But if that is going to be your goal, your goal, your main point, your drive, then something is wrong. That should not be your drive. Your drive and my drive is to have the same attitude as Jesus had. And Jesus loved the world. Jesus Jesus gave his life to the world. Jesus had compassion. Jesus was moved when he saw people hungering, when he saw people dying, when he saw people sick and he saw people hurting and he would give his life for those people. If you would agree with me, you can say amen because Jesus just, you know, he gave himself. He didn't just want, want, want. No, he gave himself. Jesus said to his disciples, I didn't come to be served, but I came to serve. And you and I need to have the attitude of Jesus. And that is to become servants of the most high God. So we need to overcome the lust of the flesh. Uh, we need to overcome the, the desires of the things of the world. That mustn't, that mustn't be our driving point, our, our focus point. Our focus point must be the kingdom of God. The Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God, Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. So Jesus had to overcome the temptation in his life like you and I. You see, we get tempted every day in these three areas, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life. We go through these temptations, but Jesus had to go through the temptations as well. But he overcame the temptation. How did he overcome it? We know this. He kept quoting the scripture. He said, it is written, it is written, it is written. So you and I have to be filled with God's word. We have to be filled with God's power, filled with God's wisdom so that we can, uh, uh, you know, overcome the temptation when it comes to us. We have to walk in this purity and the holiness and the power of God, but we cannot do it on our own. This is what I'm trying to bring across. We need the power of the Holy Spirit to enable us to walk this walk that we are walking.
So you need to ask God for the baptism of the Holy Spirit so that He can enable you to move forward and to overcome the weaknesses that is in our bodies, the temptations that you and I face daily. So Jesus overcame the works of the enemy. You and I can overcome the works of the enemy. The same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead is the same Spirit that now dwells within you and I. We have the same anointing. We have the same ability. We have the same power as Jesus had. Alrighty. Now, what happened when Jesus came out of the desert, when he had overcome the works of the, of the devil? The Bible says he came out in the power of the Holy Spirit. When you want to receive the full power of God, you have to be able to overcome the works of the enemy. I hope that is helping somebody who's watching this. If you want to operate in that fullness of God, what He has given you, then you need to overcome the works of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. You know, I've seen so many people who say, I want to be, I want to be used by God. They love the titles. They love being called titles. They want to be called the man of God. Look at the power that He has. Look what He can do. And that is the wrong motive. That is saying, I want attention on me. And they don't want to give the attention to Jesus. We have to guard our hearts against these things. I know that I'm speaking to somebody out there who's watching us. And you have to always look to yourself and say, Lord, is my motive right? Is my heart right? Um, am I in this for the money? Am I in this for the fame? Am I in this for, you know, people just telling me what a great person I am? If that is you, friend, you need to repent and say, I'm sorry, Lord, I don't want to be in it for the money. I don't want to be in it for the fame. I don't want to be in it for, you know, just uh, uh, looking good in front of people. No, I want to be humble. I want to be pure. I want to be righteous. And I want to be used by God so that the kingdom of God can be expanded so that we can win the souls for Jesus. I want to read to you a wonderful scripture in the book of Romans chapter 8, verse 18 and 19. Actually, I first want to read verse 19. Now, I understand that if you read this whole portion in context, you'll understand that this is speaking about the end times. And I'm not talking about the end times. I just want to speak out of a prophetic point of view to you that what is happening now in the last days. Verse 19 says, For the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. And I believe that in the time that we are living in, there is an expectation of people that are looking to see where are the real, true sons and daughters of God. I think that there is so much misconception. There is so much falseness, uh, so much arrogance, so much lies that is going on around the world of people who are the, these pretenders. And, 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 and the world is fed up with that. We are not finding, uh, you know, the true Christians that should be out, of, out there doing the works of God. So there is an earnest expectation of the whole creation that is eagerly waiting to see where are these sons and daughters of God who are talking about this Jesus, yet they're not really seeing Jesus in action. And you and I are to be Jesus in action. 
Let me give you an example. We talk about the healing power of Jesus, yet we find so many people that are sick and so many people that are hurting. We talk about this God who is a God of prosperity, a God who provides and who gives, yet there are so many people who are always struggling financially, always having difficulty. So the people are tired of hearing this. They want to see the power. They want to experience the provision. They want to see the, the glory and the breakthroughs come. In the name of Jesus, this is what people are hungering for. People love to to uh, experience the fullness of God. Now, if you have people who have the wrong attitude, if you have people who have the wrong motives, they're not going to see what Jesus has called you and I to be. They're going to see this, the negative side. That We want the positive side of Jesus to come out. Now, if you are called and I am called as effective leaders, if we are called as kings and priests and we have the baptism of the Holy Spirit, he will empower us. He will enable us to walk this walk before the people, and then they will see the true sons and God, uh, true sons and daughters of God, who are uh, um, uh, fulfilling what the Scripture says. Let me just read this again. For the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. Friend, there are people in your family. There are people where you work in your in your sphere of influence. There are people that are waiting to see you in action. They don't just want to hear something. They don't just want to, you know, listen to something. They want to have an experience. They want to have an encounter with God. And you and I are enabled by the Holy Spirit to produce these works, to produce the power of God to the people. But our motive has to be right. Am I making sense what I'm saying? Our motive, our attitudes have to be right so that we can bring the demonstration of God. Jesus was like that. He was humble. He overcame the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life. And wherever he went, he was the word in action. He was demonstrating the healing power. He was demonstrating the provision. Do you remember when he fed the people and how he how he provided for them the fish and the bread, feeding the 3,000, then the 5,000. He was healing the sick and, and uh, setting the captives free and the demons were coming out. So he was the word in action. He was setting the example. Not only did he speak empty words, but he was living the word. He is the word. And so you and I are called to be like Jesus. The Bible says in the book of John that as he is, so are we in the world. And today I believe that there is an earnest expectation of the creation that is eagerly waiting for the revealing of the sons and the daughters of God. Friend, I want to encourage you today that if you have the Holy Spirit, He is here to enable you. He is here to help you, to empower you, to walk in this glory. Verse 18 says in Romans 18, verse 18, it says, Paul is writing, he says, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Bless the Lord. Now, I know that if we are speaking about this glory and what we are reading here in context, it's actually referring to uh, the end times again. But I'm not teaching on the end times. I just want you to understand that there is a glory inside of you and inside of me that is yet 
to be revealed. Oh my goodness, I get so excited when I read this. And this glory that is yet to be revealed, there is an earnest expectation of the creation that is waiting to see this glory. They want to see this power. Amen. In, the, in, in, in John chapter 17, the scripture is very clear to us that Jesus comes. And I want to read this to you real quickly in John chapter 17. And it's a very powerful um, scripture where Jesus is praying for the Jewish people and then he's praying for the non-Jews. And I want to read this to you today just to encourage you. In John chapter 17 verse 20, Jesus says, I do not pray for these alone, and that's the Jews, but also for those who will believe in me through their words. So you and I believe in Jesus because of what the disciples have preached. Now look what Jesus says, that they may be one as you, Father, are one in me and I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. And the glory, watch this promise now, verse 22. And the glory which you have given, uh, uh, which you gave me, the glory which you gave me, I have given them. Hallelujah. So there is a glory that was upon Jesus. The glory to heal the sick, raise the dead, to operate in the supernatural. Jesus says that glory that God gave to His Son Jesus through the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you and I have received the same glory. And remember, Jesus also went through persecution. And so you and I will go through the persecution as well. And we mustn't forget about that part of of the gospel that Jesus said if you want to follow me you must pick up the cross and you must come after me but the point I want to make today and I want to encourage with you uh, to you is this that God has given you a glory there is a glory inside of me there is a glory inside of you that is yet to be revealed and there is an earnest expectation of the world that is looking for the sons and daughters of God who are operating who can display this glory And you and I can only experience this glory when we receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Friend, I really want to encourage you today. Number one, we got to look at our motives. We got to make sure that I'm not in this for the lust of the eyes, the wanting, the give me, give me, give me. I'm not in it for the pride of life. Look what I can do and look what I have accomplished. I'm not in it for the lust of the flesh. You know, I want more, more, more. No, I am like Jesus. I want to stay humble. I want to stay pure. I want to, I want to have my mind um, set on the work of Jesus, the work of the gospel to win souls, to save the captives free um, to to get as many people in so that when we die we can all spend eternity with Jesus in heaven friend heaven is real hell is real many many people are going to go to hell and we don't Jesus gave his life for everybody not just for a few and we don't want people to go to hell we want people to go to heaven and spend eternity with Jesus and the only way to get to Jesus in heaven is to believe in him to call on his name and you will be saved If you're watching this program right now and maybe you're not saved, maybe you don't know Jesus, maybe you're not even sure about your own salvation, then why not pray a prayer with me and why not receive Jesus into your heart so that you can be born again? It's real easy. You just got to believe He's the Son of God. You got to believe that God raised Him from the dead. The Bible says you will be saved. So if you would like to, won't you pray this prayer with me and say this, Heavenly Father, I believe in you. 
I believe that Jesus is your son. Forgive me of my sins. Jesus, come and live in my heart. I receive you as my God and Savior. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name. You can make a difference by partnering with us, a ministry with a heart for the lost, by visiting our website, www.dionhockey.org. You will also receive exclusive content from the ministry as a thank you from Pastor Dion Hockey. Remember to subscribe and follow our social media pages for updates, sermons, and more information on the ministry. Thank you for listening and see you next time.